Hey everyone, Dave Markowitz here. Welcome to today's episode of Tuesday's Tips and our podcast show. Today we have the privilege of interviewing Deborah Fine. Deborah is a nationally known public keynote speaker, a best-selling author, and a conversation expert. Deborah regularly tours the country with the likes of Gary Vee, Damon John, Deepak Chopra, just to name a few. Deborah didn't always start out with the gift of gab, as she'll tell you. She started her career as an engineer, and that allowed her to stay within the confines of being shy and an introvert, as she calls it. After Deborah had her two children, she decided enough was enough. She went on to lose 65 pounds, and then she wanted to know why it was easier for some people to be more talkative than others. She started doing research on how to keep a conversation going, remembering names, and actively listening to the others in a conversation. Some of Deborah's books are The Fine Art of Small Talk, The Power of Meeting New People, The Fine Art of Confident Conversation, The Fine Art of the Big Talk, and one of my favorites, If You Have Kids, Beyond Texting, The Fine Art of Face-to-Face Communication for Teenagers. In her book, The Fine Art of Small Talk, she offers you the skills such as how to start a conversation even when you think you have nothing to say, how to adopt listening skills that will make you a better conversationalist, and how to turn every conversation into an opportunity for success. So without further ado, here is best-selling author and my friend, Deborah Fine. Well, good morning, Deborah. Sorry for all the uh, technical difficulties this morning, but you know what? You're here, and I am so proud to have you. And um, this is our podcast show, and it's Tuesday's Tips. And I wanted to discuss with you today your books because you're a famous writer. And I wanted to start the show for context. Um, if somebody comes up to you and says, "Hey, Deborah," What do you do? How, how do you go ahead and, and respond to that? What I would say is, you know, I'm involved in keynote speaking and I'm a best-selling author. Tell me about you. Okay. And that's, so you really put it on the other person is what you're saying. Well, I try to in, in, in the first for two reasons. Number one, okay. if I were in real estate, as an example, okay. I would do, this is why I would do that in order to sh- focus the interest on the other person because most people do know what a real estate broker does or what a realtor does. And I want to, I want to, I want to really gain their trust and by showing a genuine interest in who they are. So that would be one reason I would do it. In my case, the second reason is because most people don't answer with keynote speaker, best-selling author. And so unfortunately, or fortunately, whatever, I get too much, I, I will get too much attention if I allow it because you don't get to meet somebody like that. It's like saying, Oh, what do you do? Well, I'm a, uh, uh, I'm a crime labs expert. Well, that person will get a lot of attention too, because we don't meet crime lab, crime lab experts very often, but we do meet banking professionals, real estate doctors, uh, lawyers, et cetera. So in both cases, it's really important that we focus the spotlight on the other person and learn about them. We all know about ourselves, David, you know about you, right? I, I mean, I was lucky enough to learn about your family. I learned about your business and how you really kicked it into high gear. You know, I, I've learned about the, some of the people that you work with. That right. interests me far more than, as much as I'm interested in my own kids, I really am, uh, far more than I'm interested in your kids, right? I mean, of course, right. Right? right? But nonetheless, I know about my kids. This is what I don't know about yours. So, you know, I try to always remember that because it really gets too easy 
whether you're outgoing or introverted. It really doesn't matter. It gets too easy to talk about ourselves when someone shows uh, a sincere interest. And, and then we become monopolizers without realizing it. So I'm very careful not to talk about myself more than a few moments of time and then throw that conversation ball back. Gotcha. Gotcha. So as we get more into this, I just want to let our audience know how I met you because it's pretty interesting. I was at a business um, gathering and I was sitting at a lunch table with uh, my broker, Orna Arid, and lo and behold, Deborah Fine comes and sits at our table. And we were at a table with about eight people, I believe, at the point. And Deborah introduced herself as she does. And as you read her book, she will you know, go through these tips of what she does. And she came over and introduced herself. Hi, I'm Deborah Fine. And I look over to her and I go, wow, I was just looking at this list of, you know, what kind of the events we're going to go through the day. And we wanted to see you. And lo and behold, we started talking and um, that's how we met. And it was pretty, pretty interesting stuff. And then we got to see you speak live, which is phenomenal. So Thank I want to ask David. you about, go ahead. Thank you. I, oh. I, uh, it was a joy to meet you actually, and to have such interesting, fun people at the table. Actually, it was really great because oftentimes I find myself at those tables, as I'm sure a lot of your audience does, whether it's because they go for their own business purposes like you did and or they get dragged by your spouse to some horrible you know, banquet <laughs> um, and you sit at a table with seven other people that don't participate and don't contribute. And so I feel like I'm doing all the work and and I, I that that meal in Pasadena at that uh, JP Morgan event was really great because I felt like we all contributed. It was pretty awesome. That's true. And you, you actually had people contribute by you, you know, asking specific questions. And it really, I, I could tell it loosened up the table. People were more at ease. And I think that kind of showed me what you were doing help me, has, helps me as well as I go and speak to people too. Um, I do want to get into your book, um, The Fine Art of Small Talk. And in that, you talk about conversation killers. Right. And this is this is pretty interesting. So you talk about like, the monopolizer, the know-it-all, the advisor, poor sport. Can you talk to me about, you're having a conversation, talk to me about these conversation killers. How do we stop it from happening? Well, we can only stop ourselves, David. We can't stop other people. I mean, we can try. We can try to exit conversations. Well, we don't have to try. We can just do it. Uh, we can redirect conversations okay. into a topic maybe that is more comfortable. If we have a monopolizer in our hands that won't, you know, they just go on and on about their vacation or their you know, five-year-old who's going into the Olympics someday because they're such a physical specimen. I mean, we can try to redirect <laughs> that by saying something along the lines of, wow, you know, your, your son sounds amazing. So, you know, tell me, catch me up. Like, what's new with your business since the last time we talked? Try to redirect that conversation. But, um, you, know, here's, you know, here's some examples of what we do with, okay. in conversation without even realizing it. Sometimes we top each other. Like, let's say you, I know you had a, a um, is it your son that just went off to music school? My, my daughter, my daughter, daughter just went Sorry. off to Nashville. Yes. Okay. okay. Went off to Nashville. So unfortunately, sometimes we hear conversations like this. So, you know, tell me, you know, what's new this summer, David? And he goes, Oh, my daughter went off to Nashville. You know, we're missing her. She went to university there. She's a musician. And, you know, you start saying that. And then uh, instead of me saying, well, you know, tell me about her background. What has she done previously? How did she, how's she doing with like being away from home? You know, all the normal things that I should show an interest in about your daughter. Instead, right. what if I say, do this? This is what I call the 
person who either tops the other person and or tries to match them. So what if I said to you, oh, David, that's great. You know, one of my sons, he he played football in college. I mean, it was and I just start talking to you about my son. Like, hold your horses, Deborah. You don't need to match David's experience. How about we learn about, you know about your son. You know what he did. This is not a game. It's not a contest to see if his daughter is better or worse than your son. That is not what conversations should be about. Although we fall into this trap so often where we go, oh, you know, business has been really tough because these tariffs, you know, we're uncertain uh, for our business, how our holiday sales are going to be. And the other person responds with, that's nothing. You know what we've had to live with, with this legislation for taxes, for healthcare. We, and they just start going on their own vent when we were talking about how tariffs were impacting our business. Don't top other people, nor try to match them by saying, oh, I had a kid that went to college. Well, okay, Deborah, good for you. You know, first of all, your kids are quite a bit older than David's. They should have been to college already and out. So, <laughs> I, you know, and so, that, so that's one example of a conversation killer where we find that we seek commonalities with people and okay. yet, and that's natural and normal. You know, we do like to be with people that are either like-minded or we, you know, we went on the same trip or read books or have children or don't have children or whatever. But, but on the other hand, in or if I'm matching you all the way down the line with, oh, I did that, or I've been to there, or I want to do that, um, then we don't. I don't learn about you. So that's an example of a conversation killer. Here's another great one: uh, the okay. advisor. Now, anybody who is a parent is the advisor. Sometimes when they should be, sometimes when they shouldn't be. But whatever. Well, putting that aside, I know many that? advisors, Deborah. <laughs> oh, I bet. I bet there's somebody at your dinner table like that. But, I mean, we, we all have to hold ourselves back that our parents. But it, but in real life, you'll hear somebody say, in business life, you'll see someone um, say, uh, well, you know, my, um, my, my, I, my boyfriend, I'm, I'm really not happy. You know, we've been dating for a year, but I don't like the way he does this. And I, he's certainly not happy about this. And I wish he would do this. And so here am I, you know, I'm her girlfriend, let's say, and I, I'm going to play the advisor without having that solicited, I say, well, you know, Marjorie, have you, have you considered, why don't you just leave him? I mean, he's dumped this guy. He's not worth your time. Now, you know, I think Marjorie knows she can get rid of this guy. This is America. She, it's a free country. What I should do is not advise her what to do with her boyfriend. I should either commiserate. Oh, that sounds tough. Wow, that must be frustrating. Oh, I feel bad, you know, that you're going through this. Or I can possibly, if I must, if I feel this strongly about it, say, you know, if there's anything I can do or advice I can supply, just, you know, let me know. I'm your best friend. But don't jump in there and tell people how to do their resumes or tell people how to, um, how they should, uh, well, why haven't you sold this house? I mean, dear, you know, most people don't stay in a house more than 20 years. What are you doing here? I mean, right. who ta- people talk like that. Haven't, right. you know, so... So that's the advisor in conversation. Got it. Um, we talked about earlier about the monopolizer. Anytime you talk about yourself more than I say, like three to four minutes, whether it's your trip, your business, your new project, your garden, whatever it may be, you've gone over the line and it's time to throw the conversation ball back. Well, I know you specifically have a rule that you don't talk to somebody more than five minutes. Five minutes. Is that correct? Well, I don't talk about myself more than five minutes. I'll talk to you. I talk to you longer than five minutes. Right. When talking about yourself, but you want to, as you say, pass the ball to them to keep yes, the conversation going. Exactly. Got it. I Got want it. it to be like a volleyball game instead of like, a, or tennis, rather than a batting cage where they, I just, you know, questions keep coming at them or Got at it. me. I understand. Um, give me an example. You talk about when you go to a party, what kind of icebreaker would you use if you don't know anybody at this party? Okay. Well, 
two two directions you can go that I think are great. One is you have a um, what I call free information about the occasion location. You're at a party, so you either it's the same host that you have, okay. and or it's for the same event. It's a fundraiser. It's uh, with church or synagogue. It's something like right. It's at the okay. library or whatever it may be. Some community event. So. Go, if you want to go in that direction, the free information about the location or occasion, say, how did you get involved with this charity? Um, you know, what, what, what created your passion for this fundraiser? Um, tell me about your um, interest in this book signing. The free information okay. is we're all at a book signing. We're all at this. How do you, now, how do you know the host or hostess? Like I walk into a lawyer's. I mean, I'm sure this happens to you, David, because of that must be a great referral source. You walk into a lawyer's open house for the holiday season, which is a month away from us now right. or a little more. And you say, so how, you know, how do you know our host or hostess? How are you connected to this law firm? If mm -hmm. I walked in your house, if I was lucky enough to be invited, I would say to anybody there, how do you know David? You know, so, gotcha. so, okay. So that's one way. The other thing. And you I are do, invited, by the way. Oh, great. That's good to know. I want to come when I have a feeling you guys are great cooks. So the food must you. be great there. But um, so the other thing I would do, an alternative to that, or both, of course, is to say to somebody that I that's new to me that I've never met, is to say mm -hmm. to them, so outside of going to this fundraiser, what keeps you busy? Or if I'm at an educational conference where I know you're, you're a re realtor and I'm a realtor, I'm in title and you're a realtor, I go, so what keeps you busy outside of work? Now I know you work. Or I might mm -hmm. say, um, you know, if I meet you at a, um, a baby shower, I might say, so tell me, you know, what keeps you busy outside of going to this baby shower? I mean, what, you know, what's, got, what keep, what's a typical day like for you? And so then they'll either tell me that they work or they stay home with their kids or they are mm. retired or whatever it is that they want to tell me. So that's usually how I get started. One, one of those directions. Got it. Or tell um, me about you. Sometimes I'll just say, you know, tell me about you. It's the key is to be as friendly as possible, but to take the lead. I can't wait for you, David, to take the lead because no offense to you, but in most mm. people's case, you just wait all day. So I take the lead and said, you know, tell me about you. Tell me about you. I don't know anything about you. I just met you. And so that's how you started. So tell yes. me about you and that's how you keep it going. And if they start slowing down, you're just kind of leading them to keep the conversation going without them stopping it, so to speak. Right. Or I, you know, if it's excruciating or if you don't seem <laughs> interested in talking to me, you just continue to give me one word answers. And I feel I may, I don't know if I'll feel rejected anymore. I used to feel that way. I, I try not to take it personally any longer and just feel like, you're either distracted, maybe you're in a bad mood, you got things on your mind, or maybe there's somebody more important there that you'd rather talk to than me. And, you know, it could be any of those instances. So, so I, I move on to talk to somebody else. Got it. I want to talk to you a little bit more about names. Um, I know you, first of all, you have a great thing about remembering people's names. That's one. I'll get into that in a minute. But you also talk when you address somebody, if they say, hey, my name is Michael, you don't call them Mike, you call them by their name. I know that you have uh, an issue with somebody calling you Debbie, let's say. I am I know I'm guilty if I meet somebody and they tell me their real name, I may call them a nickname. And it happened to me this weekend and I started thinking about what you, you did said. You did that, David, with a name like I yours? Did. You did that? Well, Ugh. not mine, Ugh. it was the other person. The other person's name was Doug and I called oh. him Douglas. <laughs> Oh, and then I started thinking about, oh, my God, Deborah said, don't do that. So I know I'm guilty of that. Um, why don't you think it's more like if a nickname or somebody wouldn't that make them more comfortable, though? And you're saying don't do that. 
Well, I hate the nickname. I mean, I hate Debbie. I, I, no one can see me right now, but you know what I look like. I'm not blonde yes. and I'm not cute in any way. So <laughs> I think the word that name Debbie applies to like the Debbie Reynolds of the world, the cute, adorable blonde people. And that's not me. So I just hate that. It just sets me off. Now, um, Rebecca's don't like to be called Becky. Michael's don't like to be called Mike. Uh, mm. I just think we like the sound of our own name. And, and I don't mean it in the schmoozy way where people just repeat, you, you know, you know, you're with someone who's been trained to use names and they just use names over and over and you're just like, stop already. I get it. You know, my name right. I'm saying though, that it's Susan's do not want to be called Sue. I, I just, that's not their name. And you know, right. there, the, there's names out there like Marianne or even Mary Carol or whatever, just be careful. Their name isn't Mary. So, you know, I don't think it's um, like Douglas, if he, Doug, if he corrected you, that means it bothers him as much as it bothers me. Now, how do you feel about being called Dave? I don't mind. Even though my proper name is David, I go around saying Dave, but if somebody calls me either one, I'm okay with it. But I guess it's like you're saying it's, it's the other person. If they feel uncomfortable now, this person, Douglas, he didn't correct me on it. He goes, Oh, you're calling me by my proper name. That's really cool. So oh, nice. it, I guess it, nice. yeah, I guess, I guess it depends on the person. Correct. It depends on the person. And my guess is, is that like, I introduce myself as Deb a lot because that's the name I go by. I use okay. Deborah in work because of Google, you know, you have to keep okay. your search engine optimization, <laughs> but I go by Deb. So okay. um, if somebody were to call me Deb, if I go, hi, I'm Deb Fine, and they go, oh, hi, Deborah, I wouldn't, you know, any, the formal, it's, it's when somebody makes it even more nickname, I think most people can't stand. I really well, think it bugs people when they, when they like Sue or Susie or whatever. Can you give me, I, I was so impressed when you were speaking in front of the whole crowd and just to give some people background, you were working the room beforehand at lunch and mingling. And then when we went into the big auditorium and you spoke to people, you were picking people out of the audience and addressing them by their name. How do you remember people's names? It was phenomenal. Oh, give me some thanks, tips. David. Well, I mean, let's, let's be real here. So how did I remember those names? I'm on stage. I have whatever amount, you know, a couple hundred in the audience. How would I remember their names? Because I worked hard. I was working. I worked hard at it. So I apply that same energy. If you did invite me to your home, let's say I was mm -hmm. lucky enough to go to your home and you right. were having an event or a party and there's 40 people there. Everyone I met, I would really try to remember their name. I would shake their hand, you know, and I would not only repeat their name, but in my head, I'm saying to myself, her name is, is uh, Susan, her name is Elizabeth, her name is Miriam, whatever. And I'm, I'm repeating it, but I'm also taking a break in my head and trying to remember it. So clearly when I do it, when you saw me on stage, I don't wanna give myself a pat on the back because I was working hard. I do that for every keynote I deliver. I do exactly what you witness. And it, for the exact reason that you just shared, well, one reason is because it's impressive. People like, oh my, she might call me. She knows my name. Like, so right. it keeps, you know, it's, it's sort of a great way to hold an audience, but, but on, it's also how I really am with people's names. I, even when people came to our table for lunch, I was saying, oh, have you met Orna? Have you met David? Because I memorized your names and Orna is a, a unique name. Uh, right. It's not hard to say, of course, but nonetheless, it's unique. So you just have to, when you make an effort, I think anybody would be good at remembering names. I, I'm guessing, and I don't live in the same state as you, David, but so if I did and chose to uh, retain you as my uh, realtor, and um, if if my guess is if I invited you to a party and said, oh, this is my realtor, you know, Dave Markowitz, uh, my guess is you probably make every effort, everyone you met in my home to remember their name because 
it's a great opportunity to meet my friends, right? So you'd work, you'd work hard and I think you'd do really well. And on top of that, if you were my realtor, I would have every confidence that you know all the ethics and legalities of real estate law and transaction in the state of California. I feel absolute confidence in you, Dave. So how do you know all that? And you can remember all that and you can't remember people's names. Yeah, that's, uh, that's it doesn't a really even make sense point. to me because you're, you're obviously very successful and you can't get licensed. You can't maintain your license in real estate unless you stay on top of that game. And by the game, I mean um, the ethics. And I mean, I've been accredited in real estate. You have to really know the um, all the transactional laws and et cetera. And if you can do that mm-hmm. for over a month, I think you can remember people's names. So it's all about investing time and energy. So there's no really specific tip or anything you can do. It's just well, really try. putting it for try, right? Yeah. Say the okay. name once out loud, but say the name in your head where you're saying to yourself, I'm trying to, I'm not just repeating it like some robot, because that's what we do. We go, oh, uh, Mary, good to meet you. Carol, good to meet you. Joe, nice to meet you. And you're, we're saying it, but we're not listening. We're not, and we're, not, we're not being present. And I don't, you know, people uh, talk a lot now about being mindful. And that is right. part of mindfulness to me, where, where you actually focus on the moment you're in instead of thinking about what you're going to say next or the business at hand, that is mindfulness and being present that I'm meeting you and knowing your name. That I think I that's mean, the key. We need to slow down. Right. 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 We I think do. you just hit it on the head. I think that being mindfulness and you're, you know, you're in the moment and give that person that respect that you're speaking with and don't be looking over your shoulder to, Oh, they're boring. Who's the next person in line. And you're taking your focus off that one person. Right. right. I, I agree. Um, Another thing I just want to get into, I know you have some other books and there's a book called The Fine Art of the Big Talk. So you did the small talk and now you have the big talk. In the big talk, you talk about energy. And when you come into a room, you can feel off, feed off positive energy and attract people to you um, in that room. Can you elaborate more on that? You know. Well, I, I mean, you're a good example. I, I mean, those people who have not met you that are listening can hear the energy in your voice. And actually, you, by the way, it, you're welcome. I mean, it's true. And, I, you know, it's interesting because I have been interviewed by people that are flat. Okay. Um, but I've met people and we've all met people that are flat. We know the difference, right, between high energy and flat. And right. I just want to tell the audience that his energy is no different in person than it is. I mean, you're a host of a podcast, so you better bring your energy up, right? Correct. Okay. Correct. But this is exactly how you are. I mean, you talk a little faster in real life, but otherwise, I mean, you know, <laughs> you, you can do that, right? You're not being right. measured. But right. um, but that laugh we just all heard, that's that's mm-hmm. part of who he is. I mean, that's his his pot of positive energy is just sort of it lights up rooms, that kind of energy. Thank you um, very much for that. Orna, that. Orna is a good example. His uh, partner is, right. um, she's a good example of positive energy, but in a more reserved way. She, her laugh does not come as easily as David's. Now, I don't mean that as a criticism. In fact, I'm more like Orna than I am like David. I don't get, he giggles. He's right. sort of like, you're sort of jolly. You know, you're right. just a little vivacious. Orna and I are more reserved, but we're, we, you know, you have a smile planted on your face all the time. I do not. And neither does Orna. And so we have to re I don't, I I can't speak for her. I'm just saying I I recognize myself and her a lot. Um, She has to, she has to do like me. She has to put the energy out there through her smile. I have to put a smile on my face and it's not that it's not insincere. It's just that I don't have, it's just not my natural energy. So be, everybody should be aware of how they, 
come across out there because and usually the people i mean i think you were sort of born with a gift david where that's just your personality so thank you i'm not giving you any credit here like when you get to it's like being born tall like so what mm -hmm. you know um but lebron james did something with it but you know the fact that he's tall is not like a talent okay so so you were born with a gift of gab but um there but are i still th i still think i'm an introvert well, and I you, tell that to and you may be and but you you put you put out positive energy and that's a really good thing. OK, so that's yeah. probably the difference. You're right. Yeah, okay. it, it probably is. And you make people feel warm because you're welcoming, I suppose. But I think for the rest of us, we just need to be aware of what we are putting out there. Like I when I walk in a room and or mm -hmm. like your home or anything like that, I, I say to myself before I, when I leave the car, when I enter the door, just turn it on. And by turning on, I don't mean schmooze at all. I mean right. a smile my body language, positive energy. I'm standing up straight. I'm, I'm, I'm hold. I'm giving eye contact out. I'm being very conscious of putting out positive energy and don't assume that you are without examining it. Everyone deserves some self-analysis, you know, thinking about how would I look in a mirror right now? How are people seeing me? If, if you are, um, uh, even, you know, it's funny if you're carrying your phone in your hand, right? Guess what I decided. I decided that you are, easily distracted. Mm. Um, you know, it's just like, put your phone away. See, to me, it's like, if we're at a party, put your phone in your pocket and or your hand, you, your pocketbook or whatever, because right. I noticed that's not positive energy to me, but you know, that's me. I'm, I'm a little, my husband says I'm a little too observant of things. Meaning, well, you he, just, meaning he wants to keep his phone out at the table. That's all that means. <laughs> I don't. You just led me into segue because you were talking about people holding their phone in their hands. I want to talk about your latest book, which is about teenagers and beyond texting face-to-face -face communication. And all these kids have their phones, you know, planted to their face, and you're trying to teach the young ones, as I say right now, how to converse, communicate. Right. Can you get into a little bit more as we wrap up about this point? Yes. And by the way, David, uh, just to correct, it's not about teenagers. It's for teenagers. I'm okay. not dissing teenagers. I am not. <laughs> I, I think actually most of us are as guilty as any teenager of texting, emailing, hiding behind devices as any teenager. Here's the difference. It's okay. an accepted norm to all of them. It's their way of communicating. So the goal of that book beyond texting is this is to be able to interact face to face with your coach, your teacher, making friends, going on dates with your parents in difficult conversations, you know, where you want to get your communicate with them. That's the goal of that book is to give, give that art of conversation to them. So when they need it or they want to use it, mm -hmm. it's there for them. It offers those skills and tools. The, the other thing about that, though, it is hard for kids now because we so much of it is high tech. But you right. know what? There's a book I read a long time ago by Peter Nesbitt. Um, I'm forgetting what, but he talked about the high tech. We will long for high touch. I think we all long, you know, we sit at our desks behind computers. We use our devices. Teenagers are just, it's just, it's harder for them. They want to make right. friends. They want to have face-to-face -face connections. How do they do that? And that's what that book is for. Got it. Got it. Well, this has all been great, great stuff. Thank you. Um, how can people find you, get your books? How do we get in touch with you? Thank you for asking, David. The best way is via my website, which is www.debrafine.com. So it's D-E-B-R-A-F-I-N-E, debrafine.com, or just Google me. And if you spell it right, I come up. And even if you spell it wrong, I bought those domains too a long time ago. Hooray. Wow. But every, so, everything else also on Amazon, books on yes, Amazon. Yes, Amazon or any bookstore too as well. Thanks Perfect. for asking.
thank you so much for taking the time today. I know, um, you know, you're welcome. It was my pleasure. And it's great to just connect this way and see technology is a good thing, right? It is because we're actually, we can't see me. I am taping this on my side. So you will see my face and you'll see my energy and laughter, as you mentioned, but um, you know, this is what technology brings. We're able to converse across the country. That's great. That's really great. I appreciate the opportunity. No, absolutely. Thank you so much. And um, guys, you know, go out, read her books, go see her live. She's amazing. And Deborah, have a great, great day. And uh, we will be in touch. Thanks, David. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care, hon. Bye-bye.